0: God is good, you know, and tonight, Wednesday night, it's kind of like Bible school, and so, uh, and so just the opportunity to just break down the Word and, and just stay on some topics. We've, it's kind of odd this summer, we've had different, between 4th of July and then the last two weeks, you know, and different things we haven't, well, I know last week you had service, but the two weeks before that, but July 4th and things, so I know we've been kind of, kind of skipping around, but we're on the series, I Have Decided, and this is all about becoming a disciple uh, of Jesus. And so, you have Bibles. Turn to John chapter eight, and I will do a little bit of review. John chapter eight. the The Word of God is 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 so important to to the success of of our lives. It's not a it's not a historical book. It's not a. A book of tall tales. It's not a bunch of good ideas. It's it is a it is a manual for success. Uh, no matter what you might be facing or what you're going through, um, you know I can find it some aspect in the Word to bring to bring direction to our lives. And you know, for me, I've been in this now for 25 years. And, and, you know, so it, it's been amazing to realize to, 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 to be able to just open my heart to just grow in this word. And, 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 and tonight I'm going to talk, I'm going to deal a lot with the word because that is, that is what our discipleship has to be based upon, right? The word of God. You know, Proverbs says that the word is life and health to all our flesh, meaning, meaning that whatever you're dealing with in life, there's something in this word that is going to be able to propel you in the right direction. You know, there's times where where this word, and and, you know, and so many times when if you're, you can look at this as just like a written word. But what, what needs to take place is when this word all of a sudden now becomes a part of your heart and it becomes what we say a rhema word. It becomes a living word. It's not just something that's on paper, but all of a sudden what's on paper is all of a sudden now affecting your life. And so too often we can go to the word and we can see things, but we can walk away from it, but yet not allow what this word is meant to do. And that's to change you from the inside out. I'm so grateful that I'm not the same person I was 25 years ago. Oh, if you only knew, (laughs) if you only knew Justin, you know, can you, can you see me smoking two packs a day? That, That does not make sense, does it? You know, I mean, can, seriously, can you see me working at a liquor store? You know, that, that was what I did when I got saved. I was working at a liquor store, you know, and I can tell you my, my horror stories and, and my um, BC days, but, uh, but it, it really, it's like I'm a product of the word. And, and where, wherever you're going in life is going to be what you're choosing to put in your heart concerning this word. You know, I had, I had some different, um, different ones that were close to me and they, they were believers and everything, but they used to kind of really get on me for being in the word. I, I, when I first got saved, I worked at a, I, I, I worked at a pharmacy and I was making like five dollars an hour and, um, and so, uh, <laughs> And so I just, I don't, and I don't know why I was, had got this job. I just knew, okay, I didn't have anything else to do. So, I mean, I had no other options to work and, and I couldn't work at the liquor store anymore. So I started working at this pharmacy. And have you ever seen the movie Runaway Bride? Well, I actually worked in that town. in that, and, well, it's actually called Berlin, Maryland. On oh, the movie, they called it Hail Maryland. But actually, you know, the hotel they stay in, I actually worked across the street from that hotel and and it it is a, and that town is like that okay it is like that i mean that's not the town i was born in or grew up in but i mean but that was after i got saved i drive like 45 minutes to that to 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 work in this pharmacy but what happened was is is all of a sudden when we were slow at different times i, w- I had the opportunity to read the word and and, and so i did that for a year and, and realize that was part of the, the growth that took place in my life was, was listening to preaching, driving 45 minutes, and then driving 45 minutes home. But while I'm working, when we were slow, I had the chance to, to read the word. And I still have that Bible today. And the first Bible that I I got after I was saved, it's a hardback amplified. I, I still have it. And, and, you know, and, and so I have notes in there that some of them don't make any sense because I I didn't know what any scriptures were. You know, I mean, it was like, I had no clue, but I I, was, but, but I had to start somewhere. And so don't look at this as just words on a page. Realize that, that this is life. This is, this is life, and I'm telling you, it will change your life if you allow it in your heart and allow it to make adjustments in your heart, okay? And, and in John chapter 8, verse 31, and I'm going to do a little bit of review just so we're kind of on the same page because it says, the, verse 31, then said Jesus to the Jews which believed on him, so he's talking to Jews that believed on him. And he says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So here he's, this whole series that we've been dealing with, he says, to the Jews which believed on him. But he, has, he goes on and says, if you continued in my word, then you'll be my disciples. So, so what we need to understand here, just believing doesn't make you a disciple. See, he was telling them that believed on him, if you continue in my word. So just believing doesn't make you a disciple. Amen. You know, when I, you know, just because, you know, there, there's people that are in churches that they believe, but are they really disciples? See, there, there's, there's a difference. You know, you, you know, we'd like to have the idea that everyone that believes is a disciple, but, but there's a difference from someone that's just a believer and someone that is a disciple. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about salvation. You, don't, you can't earn your salvation. You, you, you earn your salvation based on believing in Jesus. It's not about the works that you do. But becoming a disciple is, is about becoming like Jesus. It is about growing into that image of who Jesus is. You see, I was, you know, just beginning in the Word doesn't make you righteous. I was made righteous when I made Jesus the Lord of my life. But what happens is, is all of a sudden when I get into this Word, I start knowing how to live righteous. And it's not about works of earning anything, but it's growing into that image of who Jesus is. So just because you believe, doesn't make you a disciple. Can you turn me down a little bit, Jeff? I just feel like I'm really loud. So what is a disciple? A disciple is a follower. They're a learner. They're at an adherent to Jesus. You see, when you become a disciple, all of a sudden priorities change priorities change you you know and without going there in Luke chapter 5 verse 10 when Jesus is talking to the disciples and he and he first tells them you know launch out in the deep for a catch and Peter you know he says well I'll, I'll you know we've been fishing all night and he goes well nevertheless at your word I'll let down the net you know and so they they brought this great load of fish in and they come up on the shore and and you know Peter's like man forgive me Lord you know I'm a, I'm a wicked man or whatever and and he and Jesus says follow me and I will make you fishers of men in the next verse, in verse 10, it says, And they forsook all and followed him. See, there was a priority shift in their lives. Well, all of a sudden, you know, that, that day they, they fish. You know what? The day before that they went fishing. The day before that they were fishing. The day before that they were fishing. But after that day, all of a sudden the priorities changed. So they went from now fishing to, you know what? I'm following. I'm following. I'm, I'm following in the things that God has for me. I'm going to follow after the things that God has for me. So there has to be a, a priority shift, a priority change. And the apostle Paul, uh, really gives us some insight into this and he gives some good analogies. He, he, he talks about 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24. He compares, um, you know, a Christian, a believer to that of an Olympic athlete. And he, and he says that they, they compete for, for a natural crown, but we're, we're running a race for a, an incorruptible crown. So here they're talking about this aspect of running. And so what, you know what, an Olympic athlete has different priorities than just, just a regular person. You know, in Second Peter chapter 2, he talks about, he conveys it to a soldier you know the a, a soldier. So so soldiers and athletes and Olympic athlete they have different priorities. They have different sets of values. You know if you're going to be an Olympic athlete, you just can't eat anything you want to eat. Right. If, if if you're going to be a uh, if you're going to be a soldier, you just can't go anywhere you want to go. You, there's certain things in place. So when you become a disciple, it's all about priorities shifting. So why do we follow? Go to Luke chapter six. Luke chapter 6, verse 39. So why are we to be disciples? Why are we to follow Jesus? Luke chapter 6, verse 39 says, And he spoke a parable to them. He says, Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they both fall into the ditch? he says, the disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. The Amplified says, a pupil is not better or superior to his teacher, but everyone when he is completely trained, readjusted, restored, set to rights and perfected will be like his teacher. So the aspect of what Jesus is talking about here is, is if you're going to be a disciple and you're going to be a follower, the goal is to be like your master. Yes. See, being a disciple is about being like him. Man. You see, it, it's. I'm not one to, you know, for. I'm not the type of pastor where, where I, you know, I want to gather many, many people to myself. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I want to have many sons in the Lord or, or many, many people that serve my ministry or serve. It, it's not about, it's not about that. It, it's not about. You following me. Yeah, I'm, I'm the pastor. As I, I, don't, I don't want you to be like me, Vic. You know what? God's still working on me. <laughs> but, me but, but the goal is, is I want you to be like Jesus. Yes. See, the Apostle Paul, he, he didn't just say, follow me. He said, follow me as what? As I follow Christ. Right. So, so becoming a disciple is not for you to become like Justin. For you to be a disciple is for you to become like Jesus. And that's what this whole series is all about. So let's go back to John chapter 8. Actually, let's go to John chapter 6. Thank you, Father. John chapter six, Jesus he he fed the fed the five thousand and he went across the sea. He comes back and and he really he tells the he tells the those followers he goes did you come to me because of the miracles or because your stomachs were filled and he he pretty much knew what was going on is because their stomachs were filled and he goes in and he deals with all these different things and he talks to them about eating his flesh and drinking his blood which made no sense. And, and they were like, these, these are hard things for us to hear. Let's pick this up in verse, um, verse 59. It says, these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? And when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at him. Say, who were these? Disciples, right? Murmured at it. He said to them, does this offend you? You know, one thing I have to understand: when you become a disciple, you're going to always open yourself up to be offended. You know, when you when you become a disciple, you're always going to open up your heart to be. Offended. So Jesus says, Does this offend you? Because you don't really, they didn't understand his word. They, they had a hard time saying he was dealing with spiritual things, but they could only understand it in natural things. And here, here God was trying to give them direction spiritually, but the only thing they could hear was, Eat my flesh and drink my blood. That's all they could hear. And that's all they could. And it is like, this is not making sense to us. And, and Jesus went on and said, you know, he says, my words are spirit and my words are life. Meaning, meaning my words are something more than what you're used to. And, and, and so does this really offend you? You know, There's a lot of times when you are a disciple or you're a follower of Jesus, where the word will offend you. You know, there's some things I've read in this word and I did not want to do it. Like, Love your enemies. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Forgive. You see, see there, there are some things that, that happen in this word, and you read in this word, and you're like, oh, I'll do that, but I don't know if I can do that. And so the word is always going to put you in a position. As a disciple, you're always going to be confronted with this aspect of being offended. <laughs> I've been there. And so what we have to see here is, it's, um, I don't want to take too much time on this because I, thank you, Father. Verse 66 says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Wow, man, is that, that could be, I think that's a sad statement. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. You see, it's not just, were you a disciple yesterday? The question is, are you a disciple today? See, being a disciple is a lifelong process. Like I said, I've been in this for over 25 and a half years, and I am still a disciple. I'm still growing. I'm still changing. Verse 6 says, then said Jesus unto the 12, will you go away? You know, some people say this could have been up to almost like 4,000 people could have walked away. I mean, there was, there was a lot of people. He fed 5,000. <laughs> and so they followed him to the other side of the sea. They came back. So we don't know how many people. It could have been the 70. It could have been, it, it could have been more than that. We'll say, say it was just the 70 besides the 12. You had 70 people walk no more with him. They were still believers. They didn't walk anymore with him. Will you too go away? Then Simon Peter some said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Man, Peter made, made a lot of mistakes, but also Peter could gain a lot of revelation. <laughs> you, know, you know, Peter would be, he, 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 you know, he goes, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then all of a sudden, two statements later, <laughs> Jesus is like, well, get behind me, Satan. You know, it's like, you know, but, but the thing is, there was something here. He says, you have the words of eternal life, meaning, meaning you know what, Jesus, I'm going to continue to follow you. I'm going to continue to follow you because you know what? I've experienced a lot of things in my life, but you know what? There's something about your words. There's something about your words that, that I, I need to, I, I need to have a part of my, there's something about the things you say. There's something about the things that you deposit. There's something about the, the stories you tell, the parables you tell. You know what? Because it's changed my life. Verse 69, he says, he says, and when and we believed and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus answered, Have not I chosen the twelve, and one of you is a devil? See, sometimes people I don't think some people would like a lot of Jesus' teachings. <laughs> you know, you know what? And what I love about Jesus, and and, and I had to see this as a pastor, <laughs> is that when, when he offended someone, you know what? Jesus didn't go after the 70. Sometimes you're going you're gonna to have to make a decision. Are you going to follow Jesus? Now, let's go over to John chapter 8. So everything had to do with the words of life. So here he, here he said this, and I read this at the beginning. He says, any man, actually, that's verse seven, chapter 7. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This, this is here two chapters later, and here, what is Jesus saying? If you continue in my word. So what did Peter declare? You have the words of life. Jesus said, my words are spirit in life. And here, two chapters later, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, if you continue in my word, then will you be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. And the tr- if you continue. See, becoming a disciple, we have to make a decision that we're going to continue. That's my first point tonight. If you're going to be a disciple, you have to continue. Without turning there, Hosea chapter 6 verse 3 says, when you follow, he goes, you'll know and you follow on to know the Lord. It's not just no, but he says no and follow on to no. See, it's never getting to a place where I've arrived and I've got it all down. It's not getting to a place where, you know what, I'm just this perfect Christian or I'm just this, I'm this, you know, I've got everything together. No, it's when you know. And you follow on to know the Lord. This, this is a continual thing when you know and you follow on to know the Lord. So this is a continual pursuit. So if we're going to be disciples, we have to continue. And what is he telling, Jesus telling us? We have to continue in the word. Because when we continue in the word, we'll be his disciples indeed. And we will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So understand that this truth sets me free. Understanding truth is transformative. So when I continue in the truth, it's what transforms my life. See, I'm not satisfied with just where I am. I want to continue to grow. I want to continue to 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 get things out of my heart, out of my life, that I, I, I don't want any hindrances in my life. I don't want any fears in my life. I, I, I don't want fears to control me. I, I don't want pressures to control me. I, I don't want other, all these other things and elements that are all around me to control me. I want to I do things the way Jesus would do them. And if that's going to happen, then I'm going to have to do what? Continue in the word. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. continuing in the Word. Thank you, Father. Second Timothy chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Verse 13, he says, But evil men and seducers... She'll wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue. See, so said so he's talking about in the last days here. You know, if you if you read the first verse of chapter three, he says, In the last days there'll be perilous times. And he goes on, there'll be you know, people will be lovers of self and and, and so forth. So here, and, and, and he ends this whole kind of thing by, but you know, evil men and seducers will try to deceive you, meaning there's things that are going to happen in the world that are going to try to lead you to lead you away from where you need to, lo, where you need to go. But Paul is telling Timothy, which, which Timothy is what a disciple of Paul is a follower of Paul, who's a follower of Jesus. He says, but continue thou in the things which you have learned. But continue in the thing, meaning you're going to have the opportunity to move away from what you, what, from, from what you know is truth. You're going to have opportunities for the enemy to lead you where you know you're supposed to be. The enemy is going to lead you away, seduce you away, deceive you away. He says, but you know what? How do you counteract deception? He's saying continue in the things which you have learned and has been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So now he tells us where's this teaching come from? It's from the scriptures that you had from a youth. And these scriptures will do what? Make you wise. So, so don't discredit scripture. Don't discredit this book as some sort of archaic book that I've heard teaching a lot where, where, you know what, well, you know, today, you know, well, you know, the millennials are young. They they just don't understand the word and the word doesn't make sense and, and all that. That, that, we're not supposed to shy away from that. The thing is we need to understand it to be able to deliver it in a way that people understand. And so here the uh, Amplified says, and how from your childhood you have had knowledge of and been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to instruct you and give you understanding for salvation, which comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Through the leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ Jesus, in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. Then verse 16 says, every scripture, every scripture is God breathed. Given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof, conviction of sin, for correction and error. Let so, me hear this. So, what does the scripture do? It's given by God. All scripture is inspiration of God. It's profitable, meaning we like profit, right? And so, it's profitable. For what? For doctrine, for reproof, for correction. So what happens, this scripture, if you get in this word long enough, you're going to start making adjustments. Amen. You know, I'm telling you, there's a lot of different teachings out there. Well, you know, we're under grace, so therefore conviction doesn't. No, who told you that? <laughs> the word's going to convict you. Because grace was brought you into the kingdom of God and the spirit of grace is going to direct you out of direct you into holiness. Not, grace isn't a band-aid so you can continue to do everything else the world is doing. No grace brought you in. Now the spirit of grace is to now perfect you. And here he's saying, what is the scripture for? It's for reproof, it's for correction. Only a few amens, you know. It's... But see, that's what being a disciple is about. It's about saying, you know what? I submit to correction. I submit to reproof. I submit, Lord, for you to correct my attitude right now. I, I submit to you that I didn't deal with that situation right. Yeah. Yeah, Justin, you didn't, you didn't treat your wife right in that. Yeah, you shouldn't have said that yeah you should have done this in that situation you see that that's not to make you feel stupid or or make you condemned no it's to do what make me like Christ yes it's really it's to become what i already am in him Amen. i am already a son of god now now it's like me i am already righteous now i'm 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 now taking on that whole persona of who he is so all scripture is given by inspiration of god is profitable for for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction righteousness that the man of god may be perfect so so this is to perfect your life thoroughly furnished unto all good works so what this discipleship is about it's about you being changed so you're perfected and that you're thoroughly furnished What is thoroughly furnished? It means you're not lacking anything. Meaning I have everything I need to fulfill the call of my life. I'm thoroughly furnished for every good work. Hallelujah. And then he tells Timothy, verse chapter four, verse one says, I charge thee therefore before God, the Lord Jesus, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. See, these are things people don't understand. There's going to be another judgment, the quick and the dead, when he, when he comes back. But he says, What? Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. What? Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffer, suffering and doctrine. So here, the whole aspect of what the word is to do is to bring change to our individual lives. And if, you, if you're going to a church and you're never corrected, then the word's not being preached. If if you're going to a church and you're never convicted or never corrected, then you're not hearing the word. If you're just going to a church that is just feel good, it's just all that. I, I, I love inspiration. I I love that. But the thing is, is inspiration can only take you so far. You have to get to a place where, where the inspiration is, I want to change. Yes. Amen. I don't want to be the same Justin. Year after year after year. Go to James chapter one. See, you're the you're like the Wednesday night crowd. You can (laughs) you can handle this, right? (laughs) Says Bible school. Thank you, Father. James chapter 1. Where do you start, Father? Hmm. Verse 12 says, Blessed is the man who is patient under trial and stands up under temptation. For when he has stood the test and been approved... He will receive a crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted from God. For God is incapable of being tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. But every person is tempted when he is drawn away. So so we just settled this fact that God doesn't tempt you with evil, right? There, there's a lot of things, well, well God's just testing me. God's tempted. God can't test you with something he doesn't have. Well, he, oh, he well, he's testing me to drink. No, he's not. He's tested, He's testing me with adultery. No, he's not. He's testing me with lying. No, he's not. You're tested. Every person is tempted when he's drawn away and enticed and baited by his own evil desires. You're baited by your own evil desires. Then the evil desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully matured, brings forth death. Do not be misled, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift comes from, gifts from above. It comes down from the Father of all, whom there is no variation or shadow cast by turning as an eclipse. And it was of his own free will that he gave us birth as sons by his word of truth. He gave us birth as sons by the word of truth. So that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, a sample of what he created to be consecrated to himself. So the word came forth so we could be sons of God, right? We, he gave birth to us by the word of truth. You got born again by the word of truth. You came into the kingdom by the word of truth. But if you don't continue in that word, then what he's saying here, if you don't continue in that word, then what's going to happen is you're going to eventually be led astray by your own evil desires, Because there's got to be a shift where all of a sudden you no longer have those evil desires. There has to be a shift. So what happens and what people come into the kingdom and what happens is, is, is they don't have any foundation in the word. So therefore they go back out and do the same things they did before. Why? Because there's no discipleship. And if there's no discipleship, there's no change. And so that's what he's saying here. In verse 19, it says, Understand this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to take offense. See, quick to hear what? The word of truth. Be quick to hear the word. See, there's too often we do all the talking instead of doing listening. Amen. Too often we are trying to do everything instead of receive what the word has for us. Yes. Verse 20 says, for man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. What does that mean? Meaning man's ways don't get God's results. Man's ways don't get God's results. Meaning meaning if I want God's results, then I have to do something different. And the next verse tells us what we need to do. Verse 21, it says, wherefore? So because man's Because man's anger doesn't promote the righteousness of God, or you say man's ways don't get God's results, because of that, what's going to happen? You have to lay apart. You have to, King James, I mean, Amplified says, you have to get rid of. Meaning, part of this discipleship process is, is there some things I need to receive? But, you know, also in discipleship, there's some things I need to get rid of. You see that, you know, it's like renewing your mind. It's like I can cast down thoughts all day long, but until I replace them with different thoughts, then you know what, this isn't going to change. It's not just casting down thoughts. I got to replace it with God thoughts. What does it say? Casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against against what? The knowledge of God. So I'm going to have to know the knowledge of God, right? If I'm going to be able to cast down thoughts. So I have to... Feed my mind, knowledge of God and not just cast down thoughts. If not, you're going to be in this, I cast that thought down, I cast that thought down, I cast that thought down. No, you have to, no, no you, you know, my knowledge of God is this and what is the word? My knowledge of God is this that the mind of the righteous is blessed. My knowledge of God is this. i wasn't planning to go that far with that, but so he says, lay apart. So if I want God's results, how does it happen? I have to lay apart. Now, these are words that I not, don't normally use. The King James says, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. <laughs> it's a mouthful right there. Amplify says, so get rid of all uncleanness and rampant outgrowth of wickedness. And what? And in a humble spirit. And in a humble spirit, Receive. So if we're going to be disciples. Not only do we have to continue in the Word, but we have to have a humble spirit. Yes. What does it mean? We need to be teachable. Above oh, anything, well, I could encourage you. Be teachable. Amen. Be teachable. Amen. There's so many people, they'll come to church. Well, I just don't believe what that pastor said. You know, I, I wonder how many people, you know, people after, you know, I think the biggest gossip sessions are probably on Sunday after church around lunch. You know, it's like, well, I can't believe that pastor said that. Well, I can't believe he said, uh, did you hear what he said that? Well, I see that scripture. I, I've heard those t- teaching about tithing, but you know what? I think tithing is, uh, you know, under the law. And, and they'll sit there and they'll debate back and forth instead of in a humble spirit. You see, if you complain about someone's teaching, you complain about, then what's happening is, is you don't have a teachable spirit. Amen. See, if, if you already know everything, if you already know everything, then it's hard for you to receive something new. So that's why he says you need to lay aside this and, with a humble spirit, receive. See, that's that's how you become a disciple. You receive. You know, we had um, Dr. Savell. We oversee about two hundred ministers around the around the world. And um, and there's a lot of people that call Dr. Savell. You're you're my father in the faith, and I want you to mentor me and and so forth. And I've had some of these same same encounters. And there was a gentleman over in Europe that was um, I won't say his name but was uh, pastoring, and Dr. Savell went to his church on several occasions and and uh, and just recognized some things just just weren't right. And and so Dr. Savell prayed about it, and the next time he went there, he sat him down. and He said he goes. He goes, you know how you came to me and you said that you want me to speak into your life and that I'm your father in the faith and, and that you open up to correction and, and so forth? He sat him down and, and he said, you know, I'm seeing this. And this is what the word says, but this is what I'm seeing you're doing. You see, he, he, he was okay with Dr. Sevelle being his, his father in the faith until Dr. Sevelle corrected him. And then after that, Dr. Sevelle never heard from him again. Why? Because And his ministry is no longer today. Man, a huge ministry in Europe. But, but because what? You have to receive with meekness the engrafted word. Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Receive with meekness the implanted word. See, you receive it, receive that word until it becomes a part of you. The word implanted, engrafted, or implanted—you know—you if hear someone you getting a skin graft. What are they doing? They're taking something from, from a part of your body and placing that skin graft on that, engrafting it. So all of a sudden, where because that graft, that skin is your body is made to now create growth in that area. To now, and then also wherever whatever you took it from, that will grow in that area. So now, what was in one part of your body now is just like the other. Why? Because it's ingrained it's surgically implanted. And so here he says, you need to lay aside this. And you know what? You need to receive the ingrat the implanted word. Because when you receive this implanted word, it tells us that it has the it is able to save your soul. Now, now this, this isn't referring to salvation. See, we're a mind, we're, we're a spirit, soul, and a body, right? And your soul is. See, it's not talking about your spirit. You got born again. Your spirit got saved. That it saves your soul. A lot of times we think, well, they're, they're saving your soul as it, where are you are going to spend eternity. But here it says it will save your soul. Meaning save here means to change or transform. So when it says it's going to transform your soul, meaning when I receive the engrafted word, it has the ability, it has the power to now change my mind, my will, and my emotions. But you have to receive it. Then verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. See, it's not just how does the word become implanted? It's when, when it starts becoming a part of your life. Says, so be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So if I'm just hearing the word, and I'm not allowing it to change me, then what happened? I'm just, I'm deceived. And what we just read that in 2 Timothy chapter 3 when it said the world, this is all going on, but what does Paul say? He says what? Continue in the word and hold to the word and then who you heard them from and learned them from. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. The word glass there is mirror. For he beholding himself and he goes his way and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. Meaning he sees himself in the word, but all of a sudden he walks away from it and he forgets what he's supposed to be. For he beholds himself and goes his way and straightforward forgets what manner of man he was. But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty... And continues therein. Now get that. He that looks in the perfect law of liberty. And continues therein. That's the King James. Continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Wow. The the man that's a doer of the word. That continues in the word. He is going to be blessed in his deed. Meaning his actions are going to be blessed. There's going to be fruitfulness in his life. So as I I look at this word. As I do this word. And I continue in this word. It brings about blessings in my life. Hallelujah. Thank you Father. Verse 26 says, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, the man's religion is in vain. Everything had to do with man's actions. So, so what happens is is ultimately, as I continue in the word and become a disciple, it should affect this. It should affect what's coming out of my mouth. It should affect my anger. It should be able to, I should be able to control anger. I should be able to control what's coming out of here. <laughs> Say amen or say, oh, ouch. I don't know. We all need, we all need to work on that, right? Where to next, Lord? Uh, give me about five more minutes. Um, thank you, Father. Go to Proverbs 4. So if I'm going to be a disciple, I have to continue in the Word. If I'm going to be a disciple, I have to receive with meekness the Word because it has the ability to save my soul. I've to continue to hold to the Word and the things that I've learned. Hearing and doing, say that. Hearing and doing. There's a word in the you see it a lot throughout Scripture, and it's the word "hearken." And it's not a word I use, nor I'm sure you probably haven't used it lately either. But it just means to hear and do. It's not just means to listen, but it means to hear and. Do. When, you, when he says, hearken to these commandments, it's not just hear these things, but he's saying, hear them and then do them. That's what the word hearken means. So, Proverbs 4, thank you, Father. Verse 1 says, Hear ye children the instructions of a father and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said to me, let thine heart retain my words and keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, forsake what not? Wisdom. For wisdom shall preserve thee, love wisdom and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. See, I want you to see, if if you look at um, chapter two of Proverbs, it's uh, Proverbs two, chapter two, I believe it's verse six, it says, for the Lord giveth wisdom, and out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So when we talk about the word of God, you can't, you can't separate the word of God from the wisdom of God, right? So here, he's saying, attend unto, wisdom is the principal thing. So you could say, the word is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Therefore, get the word. And with all your are getting, get understanding. Exalt the word. Make the word a part of your life. Because the, what, the word will promote you. What did James say? You'll be blessed in your deed. Word, The word shall bring thee to honor when you embrace her. So here, the word is all about bringing change, bringing increase, and bringing your life up to another level. She shall give to thee a head of ornament of grace and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Hear, O oh my son, and receive what my sayings, the word, and the years of your life shall be many. I've taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest in, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Fast hold, of, meaning hold on to this. Lay hold of the fast hold. Meaning, guard this with your life. Yes. Let her not go, keep her, for she is thy life. And think about that. Take hold fast of instruction. You can say the word. Don't let go of the word, keep the word. Why? Because the word is your life. Wow. We could go down, read verses 20 through 27, where he says, Attend to my words incline your ear into my sayings. Why? For they are life unto them that find them and health to all your flesh. Then he goes on, he says, don't look to the right hand or the left. Keep with fixed purpose looking straight on, meaning let the word be what you're focusing on. Yeah, you might have all these distractions and all these things, but let the word be your focus, not looking to the left hand or the right. But it's not just hearing, but it's hearing and doing. Let me close with this. Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48. Isaiah 48, verse 17 says, The Amplified says, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel I am the Lord your God who teaches you to profit. Who teaches you to profit? He, he, he tells us who he is. He tells us what he is. And he tells us what he wants to do. He wants to teach you to profit. Say increase. increase. Say growth. growth. In, my life. in my life. He teaches you to profit. Who leads you in the way That you should go. See this is who he is. This is what he wants to do. He wants to teach you to profit And he wants to lead you In the way that you should go. You know what? There's a lot of times Justin just went in the way he wanted to go. But you know what? He wants to teach you in the way that you should go. Hallelujah. I love 18. It says, oh, that you would have hearkened to my commandments. Oh, if you had just heard and done what I said, if, if you had just taken my word as a part of your life, oh, that you'd hearken to my commandments, then your peace and prosperity would have been like a flowing river. If you had just hearkened to me, if you had just heard my word, if you had just done my word, if you just made it a part of your life, he goes, he, he says this that your peace and prosperity would have been like a flowing river and your righteousness as the ways of, uh, of the sea. Your offspring would have been like the sand and your descendants like the offspring of the sea. Their name would not be cut off or destroyed from before you, before me. So here, if you would just hearken, then this would have, would have happened. I'm going to encourage you, become a disciple. Amen. Make the word of God a priority in your life. It's not just, don't make the word, don't make the word just an option. Make it a priority. Because I'm telling you, when we hold to the word and we, and we allow that word to take root in our hearts to where out of what we're, what's in us, we, we do that. And then what happens is it says our life will soar. Our life will go to another level. Amen. I have decided to be a disciple. I have decided to continue. I have decided to align myself with the word. I have decided to receive the word with a humble heart and allow it to correct me, convict me, rebuke me, change me, inspire me. Amen. Amen? Make that same decision. Make that same choice in your heart. Make that same same decision in your life. You know what? I'm going to be a disciple. Amen. I'm going to allow the word to change me from the inside out. Amen. Everything starts with a decision. Yeah. You know what? And and you know Jesus, is not going to make you do it. I, as your pastor, I can't make you do it. But be hungry yeah. to be a disciple. Yes. Be hungry to be a follower. Do not be satisfied with where you are and satisfied with 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 your own. The way you've done things your entire life. Don't be satisfied. Right. Just make that decision. Just, just just close your eyes for a moment. Just repeat this after me. Father God, Father God I, thank you I thank you for your word. I receive it tonight. I, it tonight. I allow it I allow to, correct me, to correct me, change me, change me. me. and place within me place a, desire a desire, desire for, the word. for the word. A desire. To be, changed, to be changed. A desire a to, grow. to grow. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Give God a shout of praise yeah. for the word. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Joseph, come on up and receive tithes and offerings.